Welcome to God, Yay or Nay. I'm your host, Noor Kidwai. I'm here to find out how we grow, transform, and become our best selves. How we create meaning in our lives. Come join me on my journey. Welcome to another episode of God, Yay or Nay. This is your host, Noor Kidwai. Thanks for tuning in. My guest this week is Kevin Bremer. Kevin is a spiritual health and fitness coach. I'll let him explain what that is, but this was such a fun interview. I hope you enjoy it. I want to let everybody know I'm now part of the Comedy Here Often podcast network, which is on 604 Records. It uh, hosts some of the best Canadian podcasts out there from Canadian comedians, so I'm really grateful to be on it. Please like and subscribe to the podcast, give it a good rating if you can, and help spread the word to like-minded individuals. The podcast is starting to gain some steam, and it's really, uh, really nice to see. But let's get to this week's episode. My guest this week, Kevin Bremer. Welcome cool. to another episode of God, Yay, or Nay. I'm here with my man, Kevin Bremer. Kevin, thanks for joining me, my man. Thanks very much for having me, man. I'm excited to be here. Excited to see you again after all these years. Yeah, but uh, we went to school together at the University of Alberta, and it's uh, I- I'm interested in like uh, the life you uh, and the path you chose. Um, so you call yourself a spiritual health and fitness coach. So uh, what is that? Tell me what that means. Yeah. What the hell does that mean, a spiritual health and fitness coach? Uh, so what I do is I am a health and fitness coach, but I'm really, that's kind of the after effect of what I coach people on. My coaching is very much based on bringing people closer into alignment with their true self, their higher self, oneness, God, whatever you want to call it, and bringing that spiritual aspect into things. Because a lot of health and fitness coaching these days is very much based on just improve the body, this will improve your life. But it leaves out the most important piece, which is really that inner health and happiness, which people are ultimately aiming for, whether they realize it or not. And I went through a, I'm sorry, I'm kind of jumping ahead, but this will make it all make sense here. But I went through a, a very big phase of body dysmorphia in my life. And I got to the point where I was like just under 7% body fat, shredded, looking really good, hated myself. And the reason I hated myself was because I didn't know how to align that spirit with mind, body, and really bring that to where I needed to be to have that inner sense of peace and happiness, which I thought health and fitness would bring. So as a spiritual health and fitness coach, what I really help people do is, yes, get the body where they want it, get into top-notch shape, but more get the inside game in top-notch shape where they love themselves, they're feeling connected with who they are, uh, they can control their emotions and have the mindset that really brings them the success they want going far beyond the body mm-hmm. and just into the rest of their life. Okay, so uh, I guess how you would say it is like you start more from the spiritual aspect and like focusing on the inside and allow the health and fitness and that stuff to kind of yeah. come afterwards. Exactly. I kind of, I call it um, health from the inside out, essentially, mm-hmm. because it really is. I mean, when we f- focus on who we are and start doing the things we love, just because we love ourselves and they're actually in alignment with our highest good, it becomes way easier to do the health and fitness journey along the way, because it's not like this, oh, I need to lose weight and I hate how I look and this sucks. Dieting is the worst thing ever. It's more just along the lines of, I fucking love myself and I want to do this because I love myself and I know what this is going to bring me experientially just as I'm able to feel better in this body and, you know, learning these things about commitment and dedication and all these aspects of my inner world, which I'd ignored up until now. Yeah. Uh, You know what? I love that. And like, honestly, I kind of took the same approach to, uh, I guess, my comedy or my career as well, because I went many years just searching for comedy and just being like oh i just need to like first let me get my career on in order and then the rest will come and the happiness and the fulfillment will come afterwards when i realized i needed to switch that around and search for the fulfillment and happiness first and then the rest of it permeates and yeah and then when you find 
the like the answers after you found that fulfillment first then all of a sudden like you get to like uh you actually um can actually find answers with more in depth or like more depth to them that actually bring you more like peace and happiness along with it and it just becomes a feedback loop right exactly exactly yeah because you you find who you are and instead of trying to use this external validation so like with my case with my client's case like often people come in and get the body that will tell me who I am this external validation or in your case where it's like you know hit this success measure and that will tell you who we are it's why don't we find who we are first and then redefine what success is and make everything just fall into place because now it's on our own terms mm-hmm. um okay so let me t- ask you about your body dysmorphia so because I remember you back in uh, university as well and you were the dude who fucking worked out all the time and always had the best body and all that stuff but so tell me how you looked at working out or your body or any of that stuff back then and what was unhealthy about it um back then sure so yeah so i started off actually before you knew me growing up i was fairly overweight um and i've been bullied a lot of my life and when i was in the eighth grade this guy i didn't know in the ninth grade came up to me with his friend And he just looks me in the eyes and he says, I hate this kid. He's fat and ugly. And so back then, I mean, you know, in in junior high, already in that state of just like, I'm already pretty friggin' insecure. (laughs) And this was just like the, now I'm really insecure. Mm -hmm. And now I have a big thing to be insecure about. And so I carried that inner dialogue throughout basically all of university because I got to high school, ended up losing all that weight going into the 12th grade. But then it was you know, I started getting compliments, started getting compliments. And it became this external validation feedback loop where I needed other people to compliment me so that I could actually feel good about myself. And because I'd been bullied up until about the 11th grade, based on my weight, I I tied everything into being, it's all about the body. So if I have this body that looks good, then I'm lovable. That means I'm acceptable. But I could never fulfill that because it was the way it works, right? Like once you hit a certain weight or a certain body, I mean, yeah, you'll get the upfront compliments, but then people are used to what you look like. Mm-hmm. And so then it became this thing's like, okay, well the compliments stop. So I need to keep getting more and more and more in shape because if I'm not getting the compliments, I'm probably not lovable anymore. So I'm just, I was on this just, unwinnable journey where it's just I had to keep getting more and more and more shape so like yeah throughout university it was just I had I had moments of extreme confidence and extreme self-security and then moments where I was just like I am the most worthless human being on the planet because I haven't gotten a compliment in like three days Mm. and so that drove me to just being like it was never a healthy get get in shape because I love being in shape, you know, be healthy because of the benefits it brings is get this done. So I look a certain way so I can fulfill what I think everybody else wants. And then maybe I'll have permission to love myself. Yeah. And so, so that drove me through university. It was just all about image, all about image because image I thought was everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I ended up hitting a point because I mean, so after university, well, I, I'd been with a girl in university for several years and that one didn't work out. But then I, I was dating another girl for a few years and I'd really gotten dialed in with the body. And I was just like, in my head, I was like, I've got it now, man. Like I've hit that point. I'm, I'm pretty much like, I am lovable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lovable now. These because... are some lovable abs right here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Look, there's six of these. That like, I think I hit the mark. It's not five or six. All six are there. I'm lovable, and uh, so I was pretty okay with it. And finally, it was just like, I, I think I can love myself now because I did it. And then she broke up with me. And, <laughs> I was just oh. like, God, like my whole my whole concept was like shattered. And this is like what body dysmorphia does because it's just it's this crazy thought pattern. Like, okay, if I like I'm never good enough. I'm never good enough. I never look good enough. And so then I was like, okay, I got to get in better shape. So it was just this endless quest. Mm. And then eventually I hit the point where I was just like, I can't do this. 
I'll never win this because I hate myself every single day I look in the mirror. And that just set me off on a whole different journey because that's when I realized I don't think this has anything to do with the body at all. This has everything to do with I don't know how to love myself. Yeah, and that's probably the moment uh, when you have that kind of realization. That's the moment where you stop looking outwards and like kind of put, point that attention inside then, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know what's like hilarious about that? I just see so many parallels to comedy. Like, uh, I don't, I don't mean to keep bringing it back to it, but like, just like uh, no, honestly, uh, with uh, stand up, it's kind of like fitness in the sense, like when you first start fitness, especially if you're like out of shape, like those first maybe year, you're making so much progress. Everyone's like, oh, look at you. And you get all this validation. It's the same with comedy. When you first start at the first year or two, you're making so much progression that everyone's noticing it. And then all of a sudden you're getting all this feedback yeah. and you're like, yeah, yeah. And then you keep like, you get addicted to that validation. But then when you're in it for a few years, like people aren't noticing your progression that often and like you have to like so then all of a sudden the validation kind of starts going away and then like yeah. yeah you start getting into those deep depressions because um when it's not coming as often and uh yeah it's it's a way like like looking for external validation is just so unhealthy and it's mm -hmm. what we're addicted to in our society and our culture and uh, even like now with social media, which that's pretty much all it is, it's external validation in the base of yeah. likes and shit. And like, mm -hmm. uh, it's such an unhealthy way to live. And uh, I think we've already seen it, like young kids are like depressions way higher in them because of this. Yeah. And uh, no, yeah, I... no, sorry. Oh, no, 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 go ahead. No, yeah, I was just like, yeah, this way of looking is, uh, looking for external validation is just so unhealthy and we do need a new way to pretty much um be able to look inside ourselves and start from that um so let me like ask you then um so uh after you're like you came up with this realization that this uh this is just an unhealthy pattern um what what did you do to change it so that was where things really started to shift. So, I mean, I'd been on the spiritual path for many years, but just more of an interest type of thing. Like, you know, it was very interesting to me. I loved reading about it and this idea of, you know, creating our own reality and just all these just like Himalayan masters and all that type of stuff. But when I, when I had this realization, I just thought, you know, I've got to actually apply myself to this because there's something there. There's something there. If everything I've been looking for on the outside isn't doing it for me, then I've got to start looking inside. So I really started digging more into the spirituality piece. And what did it for me was there's a book called A Course in Miracles. And that's a channel text from, I, it is the 1950s, I believe. And within that text, it's just, a whole new way of framing things mentally and starting to view reality, starting to view ourselves. And it's very much based on the idea of seeing ourselves as one with God, with source, with spirit, however, love, whatever, whatever phrase works for you. Okay. And as I started to read this, a lot of it was making sense for me, but what really made the biggest difference for me was it's in the eighth chapter of that book. It really starts hitting on this, um, the concept that we are not our body. And I'd read that before. I'd heard that before, but for whatever reason, the way it's phrased in this text, it suddenly started to dawn on me that I had always associated this body as who I was and that's where all my value had been placed and because of that that's why I always searched for external validation because I just thought whatever this is is me so it doesn't matter what I'm like inside it doesn't matter what my other qualities are everything is determined by how I look and once I, I this came across I just started to think you know I believe for so long that I am my body and this is telling me I'm not. And considering that everything I've been doing has not been working <laughs> in the whole happiness scheme, 
<laughs> I was like, I should probably listen to what this is saying instead. And so I just diligently stayed on top of my thoughts for a while, really considering this, that if I'm not my body, everything I ever think or say to myself about who I am because of my body isn't true. And this is where I noticed where all the self-love was missing because I was really good at looking in the mirror and attacking myself for any little, and this is what body dysmorphia does, right? Like, this is how ridiculous it is. I would look, wake up, look in the mirror and be like, I don't have enough abs or veins in my abs today. Ha, ha, I'm a piece ha. of shit. Wow. <laughs> like, yeah. Like that's the type of crap that goes through my head. Cause it was just like so much based off, Oh, I don't have this. So I'm not good enough because this means this and this and this is business about me. Mm. When I started to consider, okay, if I'm not my body then all these things like the, the after effects of, okay, yeah, I don't have enough veins <laughs> showing in my abs today. Well, all that after chatter couldn't actually apply because it would all be a tax on who I am. But if I'm not a body, it's just basically, it's like, okay, yeah, there's not, there's not veins in the abs, which to a normal person is just like, yeah, there's not. But to somebody with body dysmorphia, it's normally a, yeah, I'm a terrible person. And this means a lot about me. And, but being able to set, start separating that and start seeing those thoughts, it became almost comical to see like, I'm just addicted to attacking myself. And that's really what it all came down to is there's, I didn't know how to love myself period. And it was because I was so good at looking at this thing and using that as a reason to love myself. When I removed the body as any equation from who I am, then I could suddenly start looking at, okay, if all those things that I'd said don't mean anything, now I'm left with just Kevin. And this is a whole other ball game. But now I can start picking this apart, just really watching the thoughts and look at this identity that I've constructed for myself, which is just this unhappy, miserable mess who needs approval from others. Mm. <laughs> and, and then start picking that apart. And so it, it all started there. And that just kept going in different directions involving plenty of... <laughs> <laughs> plenty of ayahuasca, plenty of psychedelics, plenty of plenty of things to slowly chip away and start to reveal who I am inside. Yeah, no kidding. Um, actually, uh, let's get into ayahuasca then, because this is something that also like uh, made some profound change into my life. And uh, one thing it a hundred percent did for me was like really give you that experience of that you're not your body, you're not your thoughts, like you're something much, much deeper. Um, how, how, how did like your ayahuasca journeys go and like what, like what kind of changes did you notice? Yeah, so I, I only had one week long experience of it. So this was down in Peru. And uh, so I went down there for an ayahuasca retreat. And I really, this was, Right about the time I was just like, okay, something's wrong with me <laughs> because it's not the body. I got to figure this out. And uh, so I went down there and I really had open-ended intentions with it. So like did, when you did it, did you go in with intentions of, I want to know this or figure this out or have this kind of revealed to yeah, me type I of did stuff? Have intentions, yeah. Yes. Like yeah. Clear. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. And so, so did I, and mine was really because I knew enough to know that I'm not who I think I am, but I didn't know how to even start dissecting that. And so my biggest intention was, I want to see how this universe works. And I want to know how I actually fit into this and how the thoughts work and what is going on and why do I suck at this? Like, figure this out for me. <laughs> and so it was, uh, it was a pretty wild, wild ride because I definitely, I went, I mean, I think everyone goes in there pretty far. And I think most people, we, we all seem to get an experience where there's definitely that one night where <laughs> you launch out there. And I had that one night where I launched out there so far where it was just, it was showing me, okay, here's how thoughts construct reality. Here's how you work as a thinking being. You're not the thoughts, but you choose the thoughts. And all these thoughts bring all these things to you. And it was just showing me how everything has come down to what I chose to focus on and give meaning to. And the more meaning I gave to something, the more I'd focus on it, which then literally would draw more of it to me because it's such an incredible 
illusionary experience we have where our thoughts pull electrons and matter and everything together. And it just showed me how everything I thought was really just being from a mistaken point of view and was not a big deal, period. It's just, I was the one making it a big deal the whole time. And at any point I could also just say, none of this matters. <laughs> and none of any of this really matters because then it's like, like what you were saying, where we get this idea of in this beginning of the knowing we're much bigger than this human body we see. It was just like, wow, none of this means anything to this loving presence, this, this spirit guidance, like, it doesn't care, like, period. I'm the only one who cares about any of this. And if I just let all that go and sink into this feeling of oneness, this source essence, which is guiding me, everything is kind of okay because then all the power I gave to these other thoughts that was magnetizing more of those thoughts and more of those events to me, it just vanishes because I give them no life. And if I put all the focus back on just life and love itself, well, then that begins to expand outwards to me. But then that's where it's just like, that's where, where who I really am and who you really are, who we are really are. But it was just that idea, like this identity based on external conditions doesn't really mean anything. Our true identity is just that oneness, that loving source. Mm -hmm. and, and so was, when I was really far out there, it showed me all this. And then it kicked my ass. Then it just sent me through about 16 hours of purging <laughs> to get rid of all the negative crap I built up around that. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, <laughs> that, uh, that tends to happen too. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny when it like shows you everything and you're like, all right, I think I learned a lot. And then it's like, all right, time to get rid of all the bad stuff. And you're just like, <laughs> Yeah, just like, sorry, dude. I'm glad you got something from this. And uh, see you later. <laughs> no, and uh, I love that. Like, ayahuasca does have that thing where it can, like, completely just switch away, like, switch your whole perspective on it. And I loved how you were saying, like, with thoughts especially, like, you can really, like, thoughts only mean anything if you give it focus. So, like, when you do have negative thoughts, like, constantly rolling around your head, like, negative thought patterns, especially self-destructive ones, like how you were saying, like, you would look yourself in the mirror and actually belittle yourself. It's the same thing with uh, any kind of um, negative thought patterns. Like, a lot of the time we build up uh, these thought patterns and, like, a lot of them do kind of berate ourselves on at whatever it is and like mm -hmm. the ones that i find uh most common for people are like uh, you can't do this um you're not good enough or this is impossible this isn't you like those are the kind of thought patterns i see that are mm -hmm. very prevalent in society but uh the thing that you um i noticed like when i started like actually understanding this concept of like you can't just like focus on it is like when those thought patterns come up, you don't fight them. Cause like, that's what a lot of people try to do when they like, uh, first like get this concept, they start to fight them and be like, Oh, I'm thinking these like, no. And like that in itself just yeah. makes it yeah. kind of get worse and worse. So the whole point of them is just to kind of recognize they're there and just be like, all right, I'm not going to like, uh, feed into them. And like, that's why meditation is yeah. so important. How you said, like, why don't you put your focus back on yourself, on your, like, maybe your body, on your heart, on whatever you, on your breath, whatever you want to like meditate yeah. on. But like, you can put that focus onto that. And like, all of a sudden, like you stop giving attention to these thought patterns and you slowly, slowly weaken them. And um, yeah, and that's, uh, something that I think like a lot of people should like start to practice and like start to become aware of um, more and more. And uh, the cool totally thing is agree. if you ever do get to try ayahuasca, like there is a purging thing in ayahuasca where you puke and you like shit and you do all this stuff. But like <laughs> for some reason- I love how you describe that as a cool thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like honestly, it um, you'll notice a ton of your thought patterns are completely like gone after your purge. Like I, I noticed there was like, uh, especially when I did it, like a lot of fear and a lot of uh, thought patterns that uh, 
didn't make me believe in myself and my confidence. Like a lot of those were completely gone afterwards. Um, yes. There's always going to be remnants of it there because you have this kind of habitual habitualness to all thoughts. But like, uh, yeah, once you, uh, yeah, once like, uh, that's the cool thing about ayahuasca, it can kind of get rid of those things, but you have to do kind of put in that work afterwards to like uh, get rid of or to like, not give attention to them, right? Well, that's exactly it, right? And I love how you you hit on the meditation aspect because, like, the the use of psychedelics is it's really a tool, but it's not a solution, and it it still comes down to us to be the ones who want to maintain that, right? Because it, it's otherwise, <clears throat> like, I don't know if you where, where did you do yours? Did you do yours in Peru? Uh, first one was in Peru and like I've been nice. doing it yearly ever since. So all over the Good place. Good for you, man. Nice. Good for you. Um, it, 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 what I noticed was one of those things where it can almost become an addiction in itself for some people because they almost rely on it to be the spiritual house cleaner for them. But like at least, and this is just my view on it. This isn't to say I'm right or wrong, but I mean, I think it's a very powerful and very healthy and effective tool to use, but it still does leave the ball in our court. I mean, we've still got to be the captains of the ship and say, okay, now that I'm cleaned out, now that I'm at this state, I have to be the one to maintain this because otherwise was there really a point to it? If, if I just go back to what I was before, then I didn't really learn the lesson. However, if I'm willing to take that responsibility and begin to watch my thoughts, begin to take away the meaning and let them just flow away, then I'm getting that growth and then I can change and I'm not stuck in that pattern any longer. A hundred percent, man. That's uh, exactly, exactly it. Um, all right. I want to talk about uh, after you went to school, you went and got your master's in business and you started doing uh business in the oil and gas industry which honestly even me knowing you i know that's not really your like <laughs> a personality um and then you said know. you got out of that and like came into yeah. this business of uh a spiritual health and fitness coach um and uh yeah you said uh burning man had to play a little part in that so uh maybe oh, tell yeah. us about uh yeah tell us about uh your life in this gas industry <laughs> um what happened and why did you find this change how it came about so life in the ego industry is how i like to describe that so so i was i was trading commodities and that is a very that is just like your doggy dog world to the t i guess just be better than everyone else make the best trades make the most money and I just frankly did not fit in period. Cause that's just not my personality. Um, I, I didn't understand this idea of like, even within on the same trading desk, like people working with you don't help them compete against them. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, this is really messed up. I don't understand this. And so I, uh, my very first year in it, I was just miserable, but I'd just gone out of business school and I'm trying to make all my money back. <laughs> and I was like, I need a job. I have to do this. And in my head, I was just like, I cannot quit because I just, I don't have enough money to quit. I need to stay in this environment I absolutely hate. And uh, so I just really put it out there to the world. I was just like, I just need something. I need some relief right now. And Burning Man came across my path. And I'd never heard of Burning Man, but two weeks before the event started that year, uh, one of my friends from my volleyball team I was on at the time, they were going. And uh, they had an extra ticket because one of their friends bailed on it. And without knowing what Burning Man was, I was just like, I'll take that ticket. I don't care. I'm going to this thing. And so, and like, normally, to give you an idea, if, like, Burning Man is something that usually requires months of preparation for most people. <laughs> 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 and I, two weeks before it started, it was just like, oh, looked at, looked at what Burning Man was after buying my ticket. And it was just like, what the hell have I gotten myself into? Holy crap. This thing is this massive in the desert event where <laughs> it can be like plus 45 Celsius or like 110 Fahrenheit and 
during the day and down to like freezing at night. And I had nothing to, so I just like put everything together to prepare for this, fully expecting that this was the answer that I was looking for when I was like, I need help spirit. Like I need some sort of relief. And so I went down there eight days later and I got there early and I started, I was helping to build this art project. And what I realized right away when I was there, because Burning Man in and of itself, like what you see on Instagram is not really Burning Man. Um, back then they weren't even allowed cameras unless they, you had like a press pass. Um, but Burning Man in and of itself is based on this ideas of like radical self-acceptance, radical self-expression, um, just really helping people out and just making it a very community-based thing. And I got there and it was just such an interesting um, parallel or completely not parallel, but like it, it was so different from gas training because on one hand, my whole life was in this ego centric just compete compete outdo everyone don't help everyone and then i went to this place where it was do things for the love of everyone contribute to everyone and you know like good things will just come your way and it just felt so natural because i believe that really is at our core exactly what we're all about is just loving one another seeing each other as brothers and so I started to experience that. And then also because it is a very, like, it's a crazy environment. And I mean, I was not prepared for it at all. I'd gotten down there eight days. So I had like no shade. I had no anything. I had a tent. It was dusty as, like, I've never been so dusty in my life. Super uncomfortable, right? Like, couldn't even sleep in my tent. It was so freaking hot. It was covered in dust because dust gets through everything. So I was just this dusty disaster. And it was a really funny moment in my life because I realized right there, I was like, this is, this is where I first started to realize how powerful our thoughts are. Cause I, I just was like, you know, I've got a full week out here and I can be the most miserable person if I want, because I'm dirty. I'm dusty. I like, <laughs> I can't sleep. I'm too hot. <laughs> or I can just decide to find the very best in this moment. And I just made up my mind. I was like, well, that's what I'm going to do. And it was a really interesting thing because in that whole week, I just was always just like, I'm just going to be as happy as I can. I'm putting no meaning on anything. I'm just going to see what comes my way and have fun with it. And I mean, granted, it's Burning Man. So I definitely tried quite a few different drugs, which I'd never been exposed to before. And that opened things up as well. But this was the very first time where I experienced what happiness was again, because I, I, I'd forgotten what happiness felt like. I had no idea at that point. I'd had body, like I still had body that's more good at this point, to be honest, but that was the first time in, I couldn't even tell you how many years that I felt happiness. And it was because I stopped making myself unhappy. And that was where it was such a funny realization because it was just, the only one who's ever been <laughs> taken away from my happiness was me mm. the whole time. And it just, I just had to stick myself in this crazy environment where I wasn't surrounded by the things I normally was giving so much meaning to, to realize that it's only me doing it. And, and so this is where I have like my favorite, one of my favorite stories about how when you align with love, things really shake up and work in your way because I was so happy there during that week, not thinking about work at all, about this career I hated, that uh, I was just like, happiness is way more worth it to me. I'll go home and quit, and I don't care if I'm homeless. I just do not want to be unhappy. I will be happier homeless than I would be at this stupid job. And it was just like, here's the universe aligning up because I was so happy about it. Went back, got there the Monday morning, two weeks in hand, ready to hand it in. And the one guy I worked with was another young guy who also hated it and was ready to quit. He's just like, dude, stop. While you were gone, we found out we're all getting laid off because one of the traders lost all the money. So we're getting severance packages. And so it's just like the universe just aligned <laughs> this whole thing for me. And I just got to quit the job. And it's just like, holy shit. So this is what love and spirituality actually really means. Like not so much the getting rid of the job, but if you align with love, everything starts to work and so then that was what kind of really started getting things going because then i ended up going because 
apparently I'm a slow learner. I ended up going back to natural gas for a few years and have had to manufacture another layoff. But it just continuously, every time I went to Burning Man, I kept noticing like how the more love I fed into myself, everyone else, more things started to line up in crazy synchronicities that are unexplainable by Newtonian physics, by linear time-space reality, like stuff that just does not happen type synchronicities like where it's just literally like you could just be like hey universe i need this it's like the, the my favorite one is with burning man bacon's a big thing out there but it's just i had this week where i was just like i bet you every time i want bacon i will get bacon without making it and it's like i want bacon somebody would just be walking by and be like hey i got way too much bacon you want some and just crazy crap like that but it applied to the rest of my life too because I'd start focusing on things I didn't like with love. And the more I sent love to them and took this meaning away, because it's just, to me, it's like, it's the same as Burning Man, really. If I send love to it, it'll just, then I'm not unhappy at the very least. It might not change anything, but I won't be unhappy. And it was just life started to transform. It would just be like, suddenly I was getting raises at work and people that work with would just get moved into apartments and just crazy stuff like that but it really took burning man to open me up to this that if we just give love to things it's a totally different experience for everyone mm-hmm. that's really nice that's man question at all what, what's <laughs> that? i said i don't know if that actually answered your ah, question well, hey man that's why honestly what i wanted to know and like exactly what i was interested in when uh, you told me you went to burning man um and i love how you said uh, how burning man just has like the exact opposite environment of like what you were used to because i i know uh, burning man's like that radical sharing everybody's like a part of the whole system and it's like everyone comes together to make the whole thing work and it's such a beautiful idea and it's uh yeah it's radical it's completely different right and uh coming from where you came from in the oil like commodities industry where you're saying like everything's so dog eat dog and like kind of like uh fuck you i got mine and i'm gonna get more than you <laughs> kind of like attitude like uh i love it it's just like the whole kind of contrast between those two and like you being able to like just see the other one and then actually kind of experience happiness because of that like uh yeah, that's true, man. When you're off, when you haven't experienced happiness, like our true joy for a long time, when you come back to it and you go like, holy shit, like this is what joy feels like. It's like this is, and you're just like, oh, this is what life is supposed to be about. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, do you have an experience like that for you as well? One where it's just like a defining remembrance of holy crap <laughs> I, like it was like the first time i did uh ayahuasca in uh, peru the second yeah the second ceremony i did um i puked up the ayahuasca like within 20 minutes and then like i just kind of sat in the ceremony hut just waiting and like for two hours like nothing happened so in my head i'm like oh, i think i puked it up it's not in me and uh they're like do you want more and i'm like oh, i think i'm good and like i went back to my hut yeah. and then when i went to my hut i just like got this huge fever and like i just like I, my body started aching i was sweating and i was just like in so much pain and like it was for like 20 minutes like this where i was just like rolling around my bed sweating and i'm like holy shit like did i catch something like i thought i was gonna die like it was just like so much and then all of a sudden i realized i'm like oh shit this is the medicine <laughs> and i'm just like i'm like oh this is the ayahuasca and, like the ayahuasca is like showing me like how 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 much uh like how much pain's in the world and how uh how yeah like it was showing me how much pain is in the world and how little i experience of it and how little gratefulness i ever show to the world or to the people in my life and all of that shit and like uh it started making like i honestly started begging and was like i'm sorry i'm sorry like i'll always be grateful i'll always be grateful and i just started like begging like this i'm like please make it stop please make it stop and then like honestly something clicked and i ran to the bathroom and i just started purging and like just violently puking and then like once i got all of that out like 
I just filled me up with this like calmness and gratefulness. And like, I just laid down on my bed and it just showed me like all the people in my life and like why I should be grateful for them and like what they've actually yeah. done. And it was just a complete switch of how I should look at the people and the events in my life in a grateful manner. And it was just like me understanding then, like if I look at it, if I perceive something in a grateful manner, if I give it that, uh, that grateful kind of uh um uh whatever you call it uh, that uh, like uh yeah this is a grateful perspective to it like yeah. it uh completely changes the way i like live my life and after that i like found uh gratefulness was just something that was in me like more naturally and i can like uh, yeah. view the world through that lens and it made me so much happier and like uh, just joyful more often because of that right yeah that's, that's beautiful and i love that you're touching on that too because it's just cultivating that gratitude for ourselves for others for for anything is just such a profound life changer when we actually commit to it and truly allow ourselves to feel it it's just that idea of i mean it's such a life changer if we really allow ourselves to commit to it and again, going back to the not giving meaning to things that don't matter and just instead be in that moment and look at what is good right now? What is good about this person? Like, what is something I can really, truly appreciate? It just shifts everything. Like the way we show up, the way they show up, the way the rest of life responds. I mean, it's one of the big things I coach my clients on right off the start is learning to appreciate the body they have before it changes just because even physiologically this is what <clears throat> is so fascinating about it is how feeling gratitude actually changes our genetic response and it activates different genes which turn off stress hormones like anti-aging hormones come on cortisol levels drop our immune response drastically improves it's just like literally a measurable physical change now where they do experiments and measure it mm -hmm. just by gratitude, right? But I mean, I, I'm of the belief that we're in a very frequency-based vibrational universe and it's just what we put out, we bring back to us. And if we can just be grateful without any expectation and just be like, yeah, like, I'm super fucking stoked to be on here with you. And I just absolutely love this. And I'm grateful to be here. It's like, I have no expectation of that bringing anything. But I do know that at the same time, it's affecting you in a positive way. It's affecting me in a positive way. And it's affecting the rest of the world in a positive way. But all like at the end of the day, really, it just also feels good. So why the hell not do it? Like, why, why condemn ourselves to... I'm going to be mad about something or feel bad about something that has no meaning <laughs> when I don't have to. Hell yeah. And isn't that the same thing like how we, you were talking about how we choose how we feel yeah. because you yeah. could have woken up today and been like, oh, like, I just don't feel like doing a podcast today. And like, all right, I told him I'll do it. I'll do it. But like you take that attitude and that energy into yeah. the podcast and it's a completely different podcast. But like, yeah. um, even if you woke up and you were feeling tired and not into it, you can change mm. the way you feel and be like, yes. hey, I'm going to bring this like into a more grateful attitude. Um, and like, I like how you said, um, there is now experiments showing that like your physiology actually changes too with these kind of attitudes and your like uh, gratefulness and like joy and stuff like that. You'll have a different chemicals rolling through your body. Mm. And uh, that that's why you should have these kind of practices to bring these uh, states into you more often because it'll change the way your body is. And like mm. that, yeah, and the chemicals that are rolling through your body and you want chemicals that are more joyful or more uh, because of gratefulness, because we all know the chemicals with anger or uh, stress and all of those stuff that's where you end up yeah. getting disease if you keep those kind of chemicals rolling through your body throughout your life right yeah exactly and it, it's a funny thing because it literally takes nothing to feel grateful and if we can just focus on it for three or four or five minutes not only do we get the the physiological changes but it literally changes our whole day because it's just like you said you can wake up 
and be pissed off about something or just say, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to stay pissed off all day about this, whatever BS excuse I've used. I'll find something instead to feel grateful for. And that literally will change the trajectory of that entire day. And what did it cost? Five minutes where we force ourselves to feel good? Like, <laughs> that's a price I'm willing to pay. <laughs> well, when you put it that way. <laughs> All right, Kevin, I got to ask you the question. It's the name of the podcast. So, uh, Kevin Bremer, God yay or nay? Oh, absolutely yay. Absolutely yay, man. <laughs> I, I thought I mean, so. I thought so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, even if you don't believe in God as God, just if anyone goes and reads anything and what they've been doing in quantum physics for the last 15 or 20 years, there's a pretty good case <laughs> that science has as well. So. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, all right, man. Well, I do want to like get people to like uh, kind of check out uh, your work and stuff, but like, uh, I guess we didn't really talk too much about it. So like, let's give my audience like a little idea of like when people come to you as a spiritual yeah. health and fitness coach and they want to make changes in their life, they want to uh, have a better body and feel better about yourself. Like where, where do you start usually? We start with where they are right now because it's, so it, it's, we so often have this idea of delayed gratification. Like if I get this body, then I can love myself or then I can feel good or then I'll like my body. And I start right at the beginning because if we can't find things to appreciate right now, it's not going to change when we suddenly change the body. We still carry our mind with us. So if our mind is really good at finding flaws, yeah, we'll change the body, but they're still going to find all the flaws which is just a waste of time. So we start with just, okay, what's your story right now? What are you telling yourself right now? Let's start identifying and finding these limiting beliefs, these limiting stories that we tell about ourselves, our bodies, our lives, and we deconstruct them. We start questioning them, breaking them all down, um, just really doing some powerful techniques to release negative emotions, break down stories, uh, simple things like mirror work, where it's just instead of focusing on the crap we don't like, actually find things we do like and break mental patterns right from the start and then just progressively build them into changing uh, their eating, their exercise. So just nobody gets overwhelmed. They do this. It's not that shock to the system, kind of the New Year's syndrome where people are like, I'm going to just, it's January 1st, I'm going to the gym six days a week now and <laughs> eating like no we do it in a way where it's very sustainable and it kind of sneaks it past the ego because it's our ego it's our story which holds us back so we kind of come in underneath it and pull the rug out from underneath the ego and so then suddenly change has happened but we've done it in a way where they were happy the whole time because they were working on loving themselves and ultimately they release their story because a big thing i help people do is lose weight but really what i'm helping them do is the weight is a byproduct of losing the story of who they thought they were. And so it just starts, it's all inside out and it's really fun and really funny in a way too, because it's just, people will be like, you know, I used to hate exercise and I never thought I could do this. And I never thought I was this type of person, but three weeks in, I just realized that was a bunch of bullshit that I've been telling myself for years. Oh, hell yeah. And I love that with the story because like when you start like actually looking at these stories you tell yourself, you'll like, it is funny because you'll see stuff about like stories you tell yourself where you're like, what? Like, how the hell yeah. did I keep telling myself that for years? And like, yeah, one yeah. could easily be like, I don't like working out or I don't like uh, just staying active. And then when you go and do that, like, you're like, oh, this is like, I just <laughs> actually started like in the last few months I started running again. And yeah. uh, I used to tell myself for years that, I, oh, I like, I, I like working out, but I hate running. Running just sucks. And like I used to yeah. tell myself. And then, like, uh, yeah, just a couple months ago, I was just like, yeah, let's go for a run and see what happens. And then I enjoyed it. And then, like, now I'm running nice. a lot more. And I'm just like, oh, like, why was I telling myself that the whole time? Like, I enjoy this shit. Yeah. Good for you, man. Yeah, run, I love running. It's just, that is one of my zen zones where I was just a little stressed about something and I can't really focus enough to sit down and meditate. 
go for a run. It'll sort it out. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, uh, that's our time, dude. Uh, this was so much fun. Um, tell people where they can find you, and uh, let's hope some people uh, come and reach out to you. Yeah, so I'm actually hilariously old school right now. So you might love this because just going back to that external validation of Facebook, I hated Facebook for years and avoided it for years. And I've literally shifted everything onto Facebook because I can actually interact with people that way. So you can find me on Facebook. Um, right now, I've been running it off my personal profile. It's just K Bremer, K-B-R-E-E-M-E-R. I've got another Facebook group in the works. I had to shut down my other one just because I lost control of it in terms of <laughs> I wasn't a good moderator. So type that down. I'm rebuilding a new one. But literally, it's just the next month or two. It's just off my, my personal profile. Um, I don't use a website anymore just because I can't interact with people. But I will have that Facebook group up and running again. There's tons of free content on my profile, um, which will all be in the group. So even if you never work with me, you'll figure out how to do what you need to do. And then you want to go to the next next level, then cool. All right. So just K Bremer? K Bremer. That's that's it for now. And I was laughing about this earlier. I was like, I should have really gotten all this done in the last month, but I was moving. And oh, hey, man. <laughs> here we are. Uh, no worries. And uh, that's actually where I'm following you on too. And you do yeah. uh, post a lot of great videos and everything. And uh, it's a good place to keep in touch with you. And uh, yeah, if people want to like... Uh, hire you as a coach or learn more, just uh, go uh, give them a message. Yeah, just fire it my way. We'll see what we can do. I mean, all I say to people is even if you don't work with me, I'm not concerned about that. But if you've been waiting to make a change in your health and fitness, just stop waiting. The, it, it, there's never a better time than now. It's just do it. 30 days from now, you'll be so happy you made a change. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, brother. All right, that was this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I appreciate it. Please subscribe to the podcast. Give it a good rating. It really does help. And also check me out on social media. On Instagram and Twitter, it's at NewerKidY. On Facebook, it's Comedian. I'm constantly putting updates about the podcast. When new ones come out, I put up podcast clips. And, uh, yeah, I also put up comedy stuff, comedy dates, comedy clips and different stuff like that so uh, you can come check out have a laugh and get keep up to date on the podcast until next time this is another episode of god yay or nay